Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk Podcast. I'm out live at the Atlantic City area Starbucks doing the show. Matt Vizi's at the ranch. We're talking all about the Phillies' exciting hot stove signings. We got Trey Turner. We got a bunch of players. Taewon Walker just signed a relief pitcher today, all on this show. And hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk Podcast, coming to you live from a Starbucks coffee house here in outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. And I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Mr. Matt Beasy. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well, Rich. How are you on this Friday afternoon? Not bad. A little festive in here. We got some uh, Christmas stuff going on. Uh, people in hats, Christmas hats, little decorations here. You know, Starbucks. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> some, rich. Uh, Christmas holiday trees and stuff on the Starbucks coffee. But uh, we got a little present in the last couple weeks from the Phillies here. Got Philly Santa here, Rich. Philly Santa here. Yes, we did. Uh, big signings to talk about. Uh, we got our man at shortstop, Trey Turner. A member of the Phillies now, number seven this summer. And I'm pretty excited, even though I really haven't followed Trey Turner's career all that much. 11 years, $300 million, Rich. And uh, this is a big signing. This is, he's one of the top players in baseball. I mean, I don't know how you want to rank him, you know, let somebody else do that. But he's, he was certainly following anybody's uh, top 10 to 20 players in the entire game. Um, so, you know, great signing for the Phillies, uh, especially with what well, quite obviously here, they made the choice of letting Gene Segura go to make this signing. And uh, if you take what they paid Segura and D.D. Gregorius combined, because they still had to pay D.D. last year, even after he was, you know, released. So if you take their combined salaries, uh, the combined salaries this year of Trey Turner and Bryson Stott uh, will be roughly the same, you know, as they paid last year for D.D. and Gene. So uh, it's a fantastic move, I think, for the Phillies. Yeah, when you look at it in those terms, uh, Phillies had a lot of money to spend this offseason, and they went out and spent it. Uh, the Mets have tried to stay with them a little bit. They've signed um, Verlander, and, um, you know, that was a ton of money that they spent on him, and he's a lot older. He's 40 years old. I wonder how that's going to pan out for him. We got Taewon Walker as well, and uh, what do you think of Taewon Walker? Uh, Taewon Walker is a nice, uh, you know, fill out your rotation kind of guy. He's not an ace, uh, but he is, uh, and he's not a, like a big strikeout guy. He's not a, uh, strikeout per inning guy, but he's close to that. Uh, he's got a career ERA of 3.89, which is not bad for having pitched most of your career, uh, at least half of his career he's pitched in the National League. So, uh, you know, he's allowed fewer hits than innings pitched over his career. He's close on uh, strikeouts to innings pitched, a little bit under. So uh, I think what you'll see is, uh, for my money, he would slot into the number four spot. I'm pretty happy with uh, if you want to go Wheeler, Nola, and Ranger as the top three next year and put uh, 
put Walker in the number four spot and let the kids battle out for that, uh, for that five spot. Yeah. It's going to be a formidable uh, rotation. I was hoping that the Phillies would maybe pick up Walker, but wasn't sure if they were interested in him at all. Uh, but he was hard nosed for the Mets. I always didn't like it when he faced the Phillies. So uh, I did see a number of his starts this past season, uh, watching some of the Mets games. And I'm surprised they let him walk. I mean, they can't sign everybody. And they've had that problem in the past couple of years. They let uh, Syndergaard go, uh, DeGrom leaving the fold. They let the Dark Knight go. It doesn't seem like the Mets are keeping their homegrown pitchers for very long uh, into the fold, but uh, I'm certainly happy to get Taewon Walker, and I wouldn't mind if they signed Syndergaard as well. Well, you know, the Mets didn't really lose anything, though, Rich. You know, they, if you want to look at it in, in this way, they replaced DeGrom with Verlander. They replaced Walker with Jose Quintana. Uh, they went out and signed uh, David Robertson from the Phillies for their bullpen. They made uh, a nice deal f- to uh, bring in a, a lefty, very effective lefty, Brooks Raley from Tampa Bay for their bullpen. Uh, they've been looking for a guy uh, to offset Harper and Schwarber on uh, the Phillies lineup. And uh, I think that they're, they're hoping anyway that this Brooks Raley will be that guy. So the Mets have done, and you know, now uh, just today they brought back Brandon Nimmo. So uh, you know, they decided to keep uh, Edwin Diaz. They signed him to a big long-term deal this off-season, and uh, they're still they're still being aggressive. I mean, they're the Mets are going out there. They're uh, supposedly looking at the Japanese pitcher Kode Senga. So uh, you know, the Mets are going to be. Let, let's not kid ourselves. The Mets are going to be there next year. Uh, they're going to be that they haven't lost anything. And the biggest problem you know, for the Mets, I think that they could possibly run into would be the same as anybody else. If they have multiple key player injuries, uh, short of that, I think that you can expect the Mets will be a contender for the division again next year. And, you know, the Braves have a lot of their uh, talented young nucleus wrapped up, you know, for years to come. So I see this as a three horse race next year. And, the biggest thing the Phillies are going to have to overcome, I think, at this point, assuming they can stay healthy from here on out, is the Bryce Harper injury. Uh, I was listening to uh, Rob Thompson uh, from the winter meetings, and he sounds like uh, they're planning on not having Harper until the All-Star break. So that means you're not going to have Bryce Harper for all of the entirety of April, May and June into July. I mean, the all-star break isn't until like the second week of July. So, you know, and then they're talking about maybe a month after that, they're hoping four to six weeks after that, uh, having him able to play defense in right field. So the belief for the Phillies is that Bryce Harper will play defense next year, but there's a really good chance that you won't see that uh, until maybe a September stretch drive. So I think it looks like, you know, the, probably the best I've seen really hopeful prognostications that Bryce could get back in June. I'd love to see it. You know him, he's going to push, uh, he's in tremendous shape, but these types of surgeries for a position player, it all comes down to, you know, he, last year, remember he was able to swing the bat 
uh, without being without being concerned about throwing. So, you know, if he can work himself back to where he is able to swing a bat uh, by sometime around, you know, the middle to late June, that would be, I think, the best case scenario for the Phillies. Um, so, you know, that's going to be their biggest challenge. I think that getting Trey Turner to me helps offset the loss of Bryce for the first, you know, maybe half of the 2023 season. So it's for me, the Mets and the Phillies and, and really to this extent, the Braves, because the Braves have, they lost Kenley Jansen. Uh, You know, they're, they're having to uh, fill some holes here. So I think all three of the teams in the end, from what I see at this point are all basically where they were at the end of last year. And the Phillies finished, you know, distant third through those other two teams. So, you know, uh, we'll see, we'll have to see what happens, but uh, I think the Phillies are going to be, assuming everybody else, you know, can stay relatively healthy. There'll be a better ball club in the second half. Once Bryce comes back, than they will be in the first half. So uh, if they can hang with those first two teams for the first half, I think it's a really good sign for the Phillies. Yeah, and what brings me up to uh, Derek Hall, uh, he's going to get another chance with the Phillies. Um, I'm checking out his stats right now if you're watching the video. Um, nine home runs and 16 RBIs in just a brief appearance for the Phillies uh, last season. The power guy, you know, we all, we all know that from the minor leagues. He's got the power. He's not, he's not Ryan Howard power. This isn't uh, Ryan, you know, this isn't a case of, you know, Ryan Howard being blocked by Jim Tomei, uh, Derek Hall being blocked by Reese Hoskins. This is not at all that, but uh, he does have legitimate power and he could very well, you know, a lot of this is going to depend, Rich, on how they're looking in spring. You know, how do they perform in spring training? With the with the DH, you also have the possibility there are going to be guys out there who there are going to be bats out there who slip through this free agent market, you know, this winter and who are available come February, come the start of spring training. So if they decide they would rather go with uh, rather than Hall, if they would rather go with a veteran bat uh, who might sign really inexpensively for one year. That's a possibility. So but uh, but if it does come down to Derek Hall. He's got legitimate power. Uh, him and Reese, you know, could split DH and first base, you know, here. Uh, you know, they can they really have an opportunity to shuffle that DH position around, you know, until Bryce gets back. They can give Castellanos a blow, Schwarber a blow here and there, Bohm maybe a blow here and there. Um, so, yeah, Derek Hall will be a factor, but how much of a factor? That's going to be up to Derek Hall, you know, and how he performs, I think, in the spring. Yeah, absolutely. But he was, he was thrilling for the short time that we saw him uh, last season. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, really. Uh, Bryce Harper's going to be missed, but there's other guys like uh, Rob Thompson had said, you know, we're missing our best guy, but we're still going to carry on and we're going to do what we have to do, so to speak. And they did it. Yeah, and what else can you do? Richard said it's that you know we you hear about it a lot in the in the NFL and uh, uh, now it's really circulated around pro sports of next man up. You know, if somebody goes down, what are you going to do? You know, somebody's got to step in and replace them. Uh, you can't you know you can't necessarily go out and sign ten three hundred million guys three hundred million dollar guys. So 
somebody's got to step up on a, the, your superstar and Bryce Harper is this team's centerpiece superstar, even with a guy like Trey Turner on the club. Uh, other people have to step up. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities for that next year, Rich, right within the core that's coming back. When you, when you think about what Nick Castellanos really has been uh, historically in his career, you have to, I mean, I do. And, and I think you have to expect that Castellanos with a, a year in Philly under his belt, he's a lot more comfortable. Um, I'm sure that they're going to work with him. Um, you know, as far as uh, when the spring training comes around, they're going to work with them uh, on the batting cages. So they, they, you know, I just can't imagine that he's going to have another year like last year. I think there's nowhere to, but up to go for Nick Castellanos. So I'm really looking forward to Castellanos maybe picking up some of that slack. Absolutely. I hope he does. And I'm sure other Phillies fans do as well. They were on him a little bit uh, last season and, Rightly so. He said he was there to hit the baseball, being paid to hit the baseball. And he, and he was. Yeah. He, he was paid he, for that. <laughs> and he, but, and he uh, didn't do it. Getting back to the long contract for Turner, um, that is a little concerning. 11-year contract would take him to, what, 41 years old, something around there. Uh, the money is one thing, but the years are another thing. Uh, what's your overall feeling of that whole contract? I know it's a lot of money. Um, I'm happy to have them on the Phillies for the next four to five years, at least, maybe more. But do you think the Phillies overbought that contract? doesn't bother me at all, Rich. Uh, it's a different world now. There's so much money in the game. The game is so healthy financially. Um, so I'm, I'm not worried about it as far as the Phillies being able to afford to pay the contract. He's I under the 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 logic that they used in spreading out Turner's contract is the same logic they used in spreading out Bryce's contract, which was uh, give them the big money, but lower the AAV. So the average annual value of the contract for Turner is only something like twenty seven, twenty seven and a half million. And that. Uh, that helps the team be able to afford other players. Uh, so it's very affordable right now. Uh, he, he's arguably, if you look at his you know, war value and uh, his positional value at shortstop, he might have been able to get 30, 35 million. And uh, he was offered more than, than the Phillies offered him uh, out there on the market. Uh, the San Diego Padres in particular were rumored to have offered him uh, significantly more than the Phillies offered. What you have to remember, Rich, is that when you talk about $27 million for a premium athlete like this, and Dombrowski addressed this in his uh, introductory press conference yesterday, premier athletes are different than the average athlete. Premier ball players are different than the average ball player. They're going to age differently. Um, Turner spoke about how much he challenges himself and you're going to see him continue that. So, you know, obviously there's always the risk of you know, somebody could get hurt. And if they get hurt, you know, maybe a career ending injury or, you know, an injury to knock them out for a season or whatever, but that can happen to anybody. Uh, Dombrowski believes you win with superstars that you draw with superstars. And I think he's right. Um, the Phillies are going to, 
their affiliates are also in some way paying the price for years of having a poor minor league system. So they're having to uh, uh, bolster their roster this way. They they're, they can't you uh, fill, fill their lineup with great internal prospects like the Atlanta Braves did. So the Phillies want to win, and this is the way you win. Now, if you look out at it, Richard, right now and for the next – probably for the next three or four years, Turner's going to remain a star-level player. And it's when you start getting out to that – he's got an 11-year deal. So when you start getting out to that fifth, sixth, seventh year, I think there's every reasonable expectation that at 35, 36, 37, you're still going to have a good player in Trey Turner. It remains to be seen whether he'll be one of the top players in the game, an all-star caliber player at that time. I don't know. But I think that we're pretty safe. Um, When I look around and I think about other players, I think you can get him out to at least 37. You know, the first seven years of this deal, I think, are where the Phillies are going to get their biggest value. And then after that, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 uh, years in the contract, that's, you know, the Phillies are basically saying uh, it's a crapshoot. You know, they know it's a crapshoot. We'll see what we get from the guy. But I think the good thing about it, Rich, is that that's eight, nine, 10, 11 years from now. You know what I'm saying? Eight years from now is 2030. You know what I mean? It's a, it really is a long time off. And there's a lot of baseball to be played over the next five to seven years. So, and then at that point, Everybody else will be gone except for Trey and Bryce. Uh, they'll be paying them still the $27 million. So both of them. So they'll, both, they'll be eating up $54 million of the Phillies payroll in 2030, 2031, you know, maybe 2080, 20, um, 2029. By then, what will the, the – how large will the – you know, uh, uh, payroll level B, you know, probably, you know, over 300 million and those still beating up 54 million of it. So this is, this is really, these are very team friendly contracts and it's going to be up to the Phillies five years from now, six, seven years from now to have during the 2020s, especially two, three years from now to start, to start drafting better. You know, frankly, you're going to have to start finding some position players who are going to end up being the guys who can step in and be real, true, productive players in the late 2020s uh, to to augment the salary that they're paying Harper and Turner. But they won't have the the huge Schwarber contract in the late 20s. They won't have the huge Castellanos contract in the late 20s. They probably won't have contracts for for uh, Zach Wheeler in the late 2020s, uh, JT Real Muto in the late 2020s. So you're only going to have to when, when people start talking about all oh, their big, you know, they have all these contract obligations. Yeah, that's for the next three, four five years. <clears throat> those guys, the rest of those guys are going to start filtering out. And then it's going to be, you know, you know, they're still going to have money to spend. So I'm not worried about this. Uh, I think they've spent wisely. I think they've spread it out wisely. And there's still going to be room as we move forward for them to add players. And and it's going to be important to to find guys who can play, be productive and not cost a lot. And that's where they're going to have to get production out of guys like Brandon Marsh, out of guys like Bryson Stott, out of guys like Alec Bohm. Uh, these guys for the next you know, three, four, five years aren't going to be costing a lot of money. 
<clears throat> so <clears throat> that's going to help, you know, offset uh, Ranger Suarez not getting a lot of money for the next few years. Um, so, you know, this, this is where they're, they're going to have their the, the value that kind of offsets, you know, those big contracts. I'm not worried about it. Very good. So you heard it there first. And um, Billy's also signed a lefty reliever that you told me about uh, right before we started the show. Yeah, Matt Stram. Uh, he's pretty pretty good left-handed reliever. He's going to augment uh, or, or be a compliment to Jose Alvarado. <clears throat> he can pitch towards the back end. Yeah, he's got a, over seven years. He's got a career 3-8-1 ERA. Hasn't been a closer uh, too much. His only four career saves came this past year with Boston. He had a nice year with Boston. Uh, 3-8-3 ERA in the American League. He had... Uh, Allowed just 38 hits over 44 and two-third innings with 52 strikeouts. His um, strikeout-to-walk ratio is uh, usually three or four, if not better, to one. He's pretty good left-handed reliever historically. Now, the Phillies haven't had a lot of luck the last couple of years with bringing in veteran relievers who did well in the past with other teams and then they come here and they don't do as well so uh but but you know all you can do is just keep trying and stram's a good reliever and he's a lefty which helps so you're gonna see uh you know sir anthony and brogdon guys like that on the right side and you're gonna see alvarado and now stram on the left side and i'm sure they're still going to be looking uh, for for I think relief pitching is where they still might go out and spend a little bit of money. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, I like this move; it's another good move. Yeah, Stram is thirty-one years of age, and uh, talk some good things about the Phillies two-year deal, fifteen million. Um, we need a lefty reliever to to complement uh, Alvarado, and. Uh, we need somebody reliable as well. So hopefully Stram will fill that role. And uh, do you think the Phillies are done now with the hot stove signing? Done, period? As far as, you know, bigger. Free agent signings? Uh, I think they're done as far as the big names go, which I would be very surprised. Um, Would I... Would I like to have another starting pitcher? Yeah, I would. Um... Would I like to have, a, you know, another strong back-end bullpen guy? Yeah, I would. Would I like to have another more proven, maybe veteran bat uh, who is somebody maybe who could be on the bench, who could DH once in a while? Somebody who, you know, if we, if you know, you and I, you know, think back to 1980, guys like Del Hunter and Greg Gross, you know, the Phillies can find guys like that who could come off the bench. Uh, more proven veterans than the kind of guys that they had last year. Uh, I like Sosa. You know, as a as an infield backup, but he's not much of a bat. Uh, you know, Veerling, I like him as a defensive outfielder, but he's not much of a bat. So, you know, I would like to see him. Now, I, I there's a lot of there are if you just go over, you know, look at some of these websites out there, Rich, that track the available free agents. There are tons of guys that fit kind of this bill uh, out there who are available right now. So it really wouldn't surprise me if they just kind of like let this go. We might see them sign another relief pitcher sometime within the next, you know, two, three, four weeks. But it wouldn't surprise me to see them make some additions right before spring training or during spring training. Very cool. So I hope you're right with that. And um, 
in just about 21, you know, 20 days, uh, less than 20 days actually from Christmas. But I'm looking ahead to the 2023 schedule. This is the year that the Phillies will play every team in the majors, uh, getting away from that NL East-centric um, focus on their schedule. And we're opening up in Texas this year on the road, um, March 30th through April 2nd. Texas Rangers opening up, then going over to New York for the Yankees, April 3rd through the 5th. Home opener, April 6th against the Cincinnati Reds. Your thoughts on the home opener? And I can't hear you. You faded away on me here. You got me now? There there you go, yeah. Yeah, the Reds, uh, they traditionally had... Major League Baseball's opener. I, don't, I think this year, everybody, now everybody opens together. I believe so, uh, uh, you know, it kind of takes something away when you're, when you have the balanced schedule because you're not, uh, the division isn't uh, so much of a, a focus. You know, you're not, you're not really competing within the division as much as you would for the division crown. But it might work out uh, in the Phillies' way because then they don't have to play the Braves and the Mets so much. Uh, on the other hand, you got to play every team in baseball, you know. So they'll be playing some really good teams that you know in a, in a normal year they might not see at all. Uh, so you know, I, I think it, I think what baseball is looking for is giving everybody they want everybody to have a chance to see every team during the course of the year. And so I, I get it. I understand it. Uh, now that we're, you know, now that we've opened up and it's been, you know, a couple of decades now that we've opened up things to interleague play. Uh, I don't really have any problem with this. Uh, the, the Reds, you know, open an opening day against the Cincinnati Reds is no, you know, it's no big deal to me to be playing the Cincinnati Reds on opening day. It's just, it's opening day. So uh, right. I think it'll be just exciting to, to have opening day where the Phillies are celebrating their national league championship. They'll be raising the flag, you know, the pennant. And uh, so, yeah, there'll be excitement there on, uh, for sure. Yeah, and I'm glad I got the weekend package or the Sunday package this year because uh, I'm looking ahead at the schedule. It looks like Boston, the Cubs coming to town, the Dodgers, the Mets, Nationals, and Padres over a stretch of May, June, and July. So um, looking towards the end of the season, now the Phillies have an important four-game series at home against the Mets. Uh, that'll be September 21st through the 24th. And then they wrap up the season on the road this year uh, against the Mets in New York, September 29th through October 1st. So I wonder if the baseball gods are uh, trying to give us a, an indication that this is going to be an interesting end for the 2023 season. Yeah, I can't believe, you know, with this uh... – you know, this uh, balanced schedule. I can't believe this was an accident. You know, the Phillies closing schedule is brutal. Uh, starting with September 12th, they have an off day, uh, off day on Monday, 9-11. On 9-11, they're off. Uh, that's following a weekend series at home against the Marlins. But really, their entire, their September is, is brutal. Uh, they open up September on a road trip at Milwaukee and at San Diego, which 
Uh, you know, those are two teams that made the playoffs this past year. They're, so they're at Milwaukee and at San Diego, and, and they're home for the Marlins for, for a weekend. But then they're, the rest of their season is in September. They have the Braves at home, at the Cardinals, at the Braves, the Mets at home, and then they finish with the Mets on the road. In between, there's a home series with the Pirates. But a lot of tough series here, you know, Milwaukee, San Diego, uh, Atlanta, uh, twice home and away. Mets twice home and away in and the Cardinals on the road. Uh, that's a really tough September close. It'll be good to have Bryce back by then. That's for sure. Yeah. And going along with that same theme, do you think that these recent signings by the Phillies have sort of put a little more pressure on the 2023 team to make the playoffs, to make it deep into the playoffs? next year possibly return to the world series something that they didn't have that real pressure last year that just happened to excel you know with the players that they had i wouldn't use the word pressure rich you know these are big leaguers you know they they're they're going to go they're going to prepare they're going to be ready to play uh thompson is going to have in the coaching staff going to they have an outstanding coaching staff they'll have them ready to go uh i think you know, they all want to win. They didn't win the World Series. They didn't win the National League East. Uh, they did win the National League pennant. So I, I don't think it's pressure that you're talking about, Rich. But I think there will be, uh, there, there'll be a certain, there'll be a certain level of expectation. You know, they, they made the playoffs last year. They won the National League. They uh, went to, you know, deep in the World Series. So I think that what you're, what you're going to look at is a team that. And there's a lot of talk about, oh, we want to get back and win it this time. But there are good teams every single year. Every team that makes the postseason, in my opinion, every team that makes the postseason is a good team. So, you know, this idea that a 100-win team is worlds better than an 88-win team, for instance. That's 12 wins difference. <clears throat> Sounds like a lot. But over a six-month season, it's two wins a month. They got two wins a month more. <clears throat> They earned it. Good. They won it. But when October starts, what happens when October starts, Rich? It's wiped clean. The, the, is, the slate is wiped clean. So, uh, you know, good, good teams will be in the playoffs, and only one of them can win the World Series. <clears throat> we saw the Phillies this year, right? They went in as the last seed in the National League. They had to play on the road. Uh, uh, every, they had to start on the road every series. You know, and here, uh, you know, they made it all the way to the World Series and they gave they gave Houston a battle. You know, Houston was a better, better, deeper ball club at that point. And and probably, the, yeah, you got to throw up your hands and say the best team won. But the Phillies fought them. So uh, <clears throat> Turner, given given Bryce coming back from his injury and being healthy in the second half of the season, adding Trey Turner, uh Makes the Philly, and I think that I really think that their rotation will be better because I think that Walker <clears throat> is better uh, than guys like Kyle Gibson and and Noah Syndergaard, and I think that at least one of these kid pitchers, possibly uh, possibly Andrew, Andrew, Painter. Andrew Painter, right, you know, who's the most talented of all, uh, could be ready to help them by September. So, you know, I think that there's 
there's a good chance that they'll, if they can, assuming they can get there, that by uh, by the postseason they'll be a better team than they were last year entering the postseason. But that doesn't guarantee anything, right? I mean, they could even win the division. Doesn't we saw that this year? Doesn't guarantee anything. Phillies beat two division champions to get to the World Series, right in St. Louis and Atlanta. So. Uh, this is this is really a question of I think right now sitting here right now the Phillies are one of the one should be one, considered a postseason team. They went to the World Series. They've got a very strong roster. There's really they didn't backslide any. They own they have a big uh, hurdle overcoming with Harper's injury, but they they still right now look on paper like a postseason team. So assuming they can overcome major injuries. Uh, and assuming that they get Bryce back and he's, you know, he's Bryce coming down a stretch, they're going to be a postseason team. And then it's just, you know, chips fall where they may in October. They're going to, they're going to play as hard as anybody. They're going to have crazy fans in the stands for a red October. Uh, and it's just a question of getting it done. Right. We saw what happened in 2011, right. The, the, the dy- dynamic team, you know, they won 102 games during a regular season and they got knocked out, you know, in the division series by the Cardinals. So I think that what the fans need to do instead of worrying about, uh, you know, is this a playoff team? We don't have to worry about that anymore. They're a playoff team, you know? So now it's just a question of let, let's enjoy the season. We know we got a good team. We know there's a lot of talent. They're going to be exciting. Uh, we got some young pitchers that are going to come at some point during the year. We, we can, we're not going to have Bryce at the start, but we get, got that uh, carrot held out there. We're going to be looking forward to him coming back in the middle of the season. So, Let's uh let, let's go gung ho into the season, excited about uh the ball club that we have, and uh, hopefully the guys can uh, st- stick near the top and can stay in contention. And then we get Bryce back and we make a real move, and you know then we get into another exciting October. That's that's what we got to look forward to. I think. Yeah, I think they're going to be selling a lot of number seven jerseys this uh, coming year, uh, <laughs> or the less expensive jersey. For sure. Um, thinking about getting a, a, an authentic. I don't know who yet, but maybe uh, maybe Turner, since he's going to be here for eleven years. Turner or Bryce, right? Yeah, yeah. Those would be the top two. But wrapping this up, um, where can the folks on the internet find you most of the time? Always, uh, always be found rich on Twitter at Phillies. Bell. So it's Phillies Bell, like the bell rings when we out there in the outfield when we had a home run or win a ball game. So it's at Phillies Bell on Twitter. I'm on at Phillies Bell on Instagram as well, but pretty much on Instagram, I just throw up uh, pictures each day, you know, relating to uh, maybe a big story that broke or uh, historical facts. But uh, on Twitter, there's a lot of uh, engagement. So. Very cool. So check it out. Make a follow for Matt because uh, every day he puts out some great content. You can follow the blog at fightingphillies.com and you can find the podcast there as well, all season long and the off season, of course. And uh, my Twitter name is at fightingphillies, of course. So I uh, hope everybody has a great holiday season leading up to Christmas. If you're thinking about getting the gifts for that Phillies fan, that favorite, you know, person that you know, hey, there's Santa. Billy Santa made an appearance on the video. <laughs> if you're watching the video, I love it. Is that a garden gnome? 
It's a Philly Santa. It's not a garden gnome. It's Philly Santa. Very cool. That's very cool. You got the Christmas tree in the background there. So this is Bank Park. I got to make it up to the to the stadium mm -hmm. to go to the gift shop. Maybe I'll try for uh, middle of the week next week, possibly. Um, it's always a festive time up there. Maybe they'll have a few sales even. <laughs> well, maybe maybe you'll find some, a Philly Santa, some type of Philly Santa, yes. Rich. I, yes. I found this little guy on uh, MLB.com like, uh, oh, a few good. years ago. I don't, know if, I don't know if anybody can still find him out there. You might have to find him on, a, you know, you might have to find him on uh, Etsy or something like that. You know, one of them artsy oh. kind of like things. So. One of the, uh, the specialty websites. So yeah. Yeah. yeah Somebody's probably got, you know, yeah, just Google, you know, Google uh, Philly Santa if you want a Philly Santa. That's it. Very good. And um, so make got it another one here. Oh, we got more. Is For, there, is uh, an, this is an old fashioned Philly Santa, old time Philly Santa. Our podcast listeners, I'll have to describe it. Uh, Matt's got a Philly Santa up with a baseball glove. And he looks like he's about ready to make a pitch. He looks like he's pretty formidable there. Very nice. Got the yeah, beard. This, this one was, uh, this is an old time uh, Philly Santa from uh, 19, this is from back in 1994. They put it out. It's in one of the old 1950s style uniforms. So oh, wow. I don't know where I found him. Very cool. While you're bringing that up, I'm going to have to show our viewers and, and subscribe to our listeners. I picked up a piece of uh, memorabilia from my local auto show a couple weeks back, a 1950 photo book. So I'm, I haven't opened it yet. So on the next podcast, if you tune in to the video, I'm going to open it up and see if we can find some fillies in there. Sounds but good. I, I love the Santa. Um, make it out to the uh, ballpark, to the gift shop, or right online if you can't make that. And uh, special something for that Phillies fan that you know. Who picks the Phillies to win the World Series? Santa picks the Phillies Santa. to win the World Series. Very Must cool. Must be Santa. <laughs> well, we'll pull the curtains down on this one. I'm, I'm going live from Starbucks here. And if Starbucks wants to sponsor us and pay us a ton of money, we'd be glad to accept it. So, um Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Matt, you have a great holiday season. Hopefully, we'll talk again before the big holiday of Christmas, New Year's. We'll do one more show, maybe. and um, But make it a good holiday shopping season. Yeah, everybody be safe out there. Enjoy your holiday uh, Christmas season here. And, uh, you know, if we talk again, Rich, we talk. If we don't, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yes, very good. And then to all our listeners as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on the next Billy Talk podcast. To all, a good night.